Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, we're not going to talk about technology. No, we're not. We're not. No. It's going to be Gen Con and Guitar Camp updates, nerds. <laughs> Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. Long pause. Music. We're back and better than ever. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, based on your Instagram feed, it seemed like Gen Con was a pretty big success. Gen Con was a... <laughs> yes, Gen Con was a success. Excellent. You, you saw my giant collection of games, I take it. <laughs> giant. It looked like a display from the conference, frankly. <laughs> no, it was it was a display from my kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... A, Enter the raffle to win $10,000 worth of games. Like It would look like the promo <laughs> picture for a raffle. Um, cool. So get, walk us through it. Paint the picture. For folks who've never heard of Gen Con before and the undertaking that it is and what all's involved in the, the scope. <laughs> the scope. Gen Con is a four-day gaming convention in Indianapolis, currently in Indianapolis, and will be for the next few years. Uh, attended by some 70,000 nerds. Dang. <clears throat> yes, it is huge, and it takes over the entirety of the Indiana Convention Center, Lucas Oil Stadium, all of the conference rooms and lobbies of all of the downtown hotels that are connected to both, and it's, it's, it's massive mm. and spread out, and uh, you, will, you will go and you will, uh, on a short day, you will walk 10 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise. So, in, so this is the second time you've gone? Yeah, this is the second time we've gone. So did you feel like you had a, a better strategy this time around? Or was it kind of yeah, like, didn't want to overplan? Well, it was less rushed this time. Because last last year we went, we said, well, okay, this is our first time going. It's going to be super crowded. We don't know how much we're going to enjoy it. So we just went up for the one day. Oh, right. And, um, and this year we were there for longer. We went up Wednesday evening. And we came back Saturday. We still didn't stay for the full four days because we're just, um, we're old and we like our sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was great. You know, we, we spent the majority of our Thursday just wandering around the, the massive vendor hall and spending all of our money. And, mm. and then the rest of the days we had more leisurely pace to, to, play some games and demo some games and just attend some other entertainment and gaming type events that were going on. And, uh, yeah, we were able to not overschedule it, but we still kept, you know, we kept busy, but it didn't feel overscheduled and rushed. So it was nicer to, nice to, to spread it out like that. Mm, cool. And, and so how big is the trade show floor? Like just to, is it, are we talking football field or is it like, I, it's enormous. Um, you know, you have to remember you're asking someone who has no depth perception right. and very poor vision. <laughs> sure. Um, but it's enormous. I have some, I actually took my uh, 360 camera and got some pictures yes, I saw inside that. the vendor hall so we can link to them. Um, but it's it's giant and we can link to the maps so people can, can see and get a scale for it. Um, but I believe there are something like six, over 600 vendors. Wow. Are there any like gigantic ones like that? Like at when you go to a tech conference, usually somebody mm -hmm. like Amazon or Google or Microsoft has like this huge display right in the middle, or like a photography conference would be like Canon is just like dominates the the entry. 
area. Yeah, that would be that that would be Fantasy Flight Games at Gen Con. Got it. Got it. And cool. prob- probably Paizo as well. But yeah, Fantasy Flight I think had some well, Fantasy Flight had the the biggest single presence in the vendor hall. There's then then there are several small companies that are subsidiaries of larger companies that were all there under their small brands. Right. But if you total them all up, you know, they probably would have been a bigger presence, but mm. Next year, Jumpgate Games. What do you think? Mm. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think I, could, I don't think I could afford a booth there in the vendor hall, but I might do some things in the playtesting hall. Cool. Because they have a they have a sec a an area that's dedicated to people playtesting games that are in development. Hmm. Nice. Very cool. Okay, so you got to talk. We got to talk about the hall, the Christmas morning. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Christmas, super, Christmas in August. Right. You seem super excited about uh, Tribes, I think it was. <laughs> no, I, uh, Tribes amused me because, you know, Tribes. tribes. <laughs> Inside joke. I'm going to send you a copy. Nice. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I'm, I'm, we got a lot of games, um, I think 17 or 18 or 19 or something like that <laughs> yeah it looked like that <laughs> yeah and we've played we've actually we've tried out many of them i think we have maybe half a dozen or so still to get to um so we've, we've been been gaming our faces off after work and things and and yeah. just to like avoid real life stress um yeah <laughs> so but um i think my favorite so far have been the games from a company called chip theory games hmm. and that would be cloud spire and too many bones Cloud Spire and Too Many Bones, great names. Mm-hmm. So, okay, mm-hmm. what's a, what are they called? Chip Chip Theory Games. Okay, is that is there some computer aspect to it? Like, what's it uh, called? Chip? No, no, more like Think Poker Chips. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, and to my knowledge, they may have been around before this, but I think they really came into the the gaming scene in 2017 with the Kickstarter's for Too Many Bones, and they've just sort of like been in super high demand and just kind of blown everyone out of the water since then and like i have just been so impressed with the quality of the games you you definitely pay for it mm-hmm. they got they got half our con budget <laughs> okay. these these two games and a couple of expansions got half our con budget so you definitely pay for it <laughs> but <laughs> um well minus some pre-orders we've done for other anyway <laughs> half the cash we took with us <laughs> right 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 um so you you definitely pay for it but you don't you don't get cardboard. Um, you don't get cards. You get you don't get punch outs. You get neoprene mats and heavy poker chips and custom dice and cards and player aids and things that are made out of like coated PVC. Mm. And just the the quality is just mind blowing. And what's your so when you're like nothing you just mentioned though has anything to do with the game dynamics but still it's like you're like oh i just want to touch this stuff <laughs> yeah that's true that's true they, i should say the games both are also just excellent games having having played them both a, a few times now i'm just i i love them both they're mm. super fun wow. and um but yeah having that you know that sort of quality it does enhance the playing experience because you just feel like you're having a premium experience when you're playing um but i mean yeah if, if the games themselves weren't super fun too then it it wouldn't matter but <laughs> yeah exactly if if the box meows when it's open when it opens uh, it doesn't make up for bad dynamics <laughs> yeah it doesn't exactly <laughs> you know maybe maybe there are some people out there who would collect it for the sake of, of collecting um but you know I, I get games to play them and 
in addition to the the quality of the of the components the games themselves are quite fun as well um uh, but they're they're both long they're long games and I've, I've really been enjoying the the longer more in-depth stuff lately mm. all right so just a reminder this is your annual reminder if you have mm-hmm. if you have any of your friends over to play too many bones they are must wash their hands first yes that's a rule <laughs> also an inside joke okay so um give me give me a feel for like what i mean the name too many bones is just like extremely compelling it kind of captures the imagination so like what's the what's the idea behind the game well i bones in this case meaning dice i believe um because the the base game comes with 140 custom dice and it's a it's a a dice builder rpg sort of where you have your character and as your character evolves over time um you get more dice and the dice unlock abilities and you're you know you're you're so you're rolling rolling dice and improving attributes allows you to roll more dice that that have more abilities and and then you can you have this sort of progression track that your dice get more and more advanced are they all and like is it all sorts of like like 20 siders and or is it all like it's it's all d6s oh wow oh i, I might need this, this yeah kind you of, might this yeah. might solve my uh my fledgling newbie effort it never occurred to me to be able to add dice that makes a lot of sense yeah, it's there. There's a learning curve in that you have to learn the abilities of whatever particular character um, you're playing. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a there's a lot there to learn in terms of what what this specific character can do as I advance it. But other than that, the gameplay itself, in in terms of like how you play, is pretty straightforward. Mm. Are we talking like Are we talking like uh, like Dungeons and Dragons level, like character, like books of rules, like character, you know, Dungeon Master's Guide. And like- uh, no, no, we're not. Um, and f- uh, the the base game, I, I think, has it's not really a like a long term character progression. It's like you you start at the beginning of the game and your character progresses through the course of that game. Gotcha. And then the next time you go, you play maybe maybe a different scenario, but you're starting from the beginning and building up through the course of that scenario again. Mm. Um, there is an expansion that has a campaign, a longer campaign in it. Um, we we don't have it because we ran out of money. Uh, <laughs> it's made out of ivory, yeah, re- yeah. reclaimed from you know, like fossilized ivory reclaimed. It's from been the to desert. space. It's you know. <laughs> no, it's, uh, we we had a we had a specific amount we had set aside for games, and and we hit the limit. And we're like, okay, it, well. I guess that's enough. We have a lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of games. That's enough. We we were, believe it or not, looking from the hole. Uh, we were more picky this year. Hmm. Well, lesson learned, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so, okay. And you said they had another game. There's too many bones and there was another one. Yeah. And then there's Cloud, uh, Cloud Spire. Cloud Spire. Yeah. And it is, um, picture, picture a tower defense game, but as a tabletop game. Okay. So imagine I know what a tower defense game is. Okay. You, we're, we're <laughs> What's an example? Yeah. Um, I'm sure I know gosh, what one is. I'd, you know, I don't play tower defense games um, on, on mobile or on uh, or video games, so I don't know the name of any off the top of my head. Oh, like a video game um, style. I yeah, think like I a imagine. video game. Okay. Yeah, like a, like a... But basically, you have this this tower or this castle or this keep outpost or whatever, and then you mm. have these waves of enemies yeah, coming Yeah, you're under you siege, to, right. Yeah, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that, but in a tabletop game setting huh. and and we have uh, it has 
at least the the expansions we bought. I don't know if it's included in the base game or not. We got a couple of expansions with it. So we have um, we have solo campaigns and cooperative campaigns and competitive campaigns and, and all of that in it. So so there's a lot of different scenarios and content there. Hmm. And um, and yeah, so you're playing on this this huge map hex map made of uh, these custom, you know, these neoprene tiles basically that can all be rearranged, and you've got your 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 spire might be a cha- a stack of five or six chips, and and that each give each type each one is a different type that gives you gives your spire a different ability or and determines its he- you know its its health or or that sort of thing. It's like you know maybe a maybe a yellow one lets you fortify and take more damage, and a green one extends your range so you can shoot farther away. And <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. Oh man, now and how long of a game is that one? Is it also a long, like a yeah, it, yeah? It's also long. We um, we played it the other day, and mind you, this was our first time playing, so it's going to go a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. But we played it for seven and a half hours, seven and a half hours, and got two games in. What? Oh man! And I think I, Richard and some friends, I think they were doing like four and a half hour game of of Too Many Bones the other night. So yeah, these are they're longer games. Wow! And how many people play? Uh, too many bones is one to four, and Cloudspire. I can't remember if it's one to four or one to five. It might actually be one to five. Mm. Yeah, you've really you've really hooked us on. Like when we got these new worlds, like it really mm-hmm. lit the flame with the kids to play. Uh, just like just spontaneously asking, like, "Oh, can we play a game tonight?" And it's like, yeah. you know, and it's like, I just I love it because of all the people that because we're like super loose with screen time. Like, yeah, whatever. Like mm-hmm. iPad, you want to watch ipad and computer at the same time yeah whatever go ahead right (laughs) and uh and and you know but when you just let people well when we let our kids like binge on stuff they get sick of it they're like "Eh, this is boring there's nothing on youtube anymore (laughs) (laughs) we got to the end of the internet it's like yeah like when i've hit the point where i'm watching youtube reruns for the third or fourth time yeah yeah yeah. they're like can we play yeah it's like yeah sure and and so we'll play that and um we started playing uh we got this I ordered this book of like traditional deck card games mm-hmm. and Eric was like, Oh, I wonder if Kings in the corner is in here. We used to play that all the time down camp. And like the kids are addicted to Kings in the corner now, which is basically like a team solitaire game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's just super fun. Even like, even like Maggie who's five can understand it. It's like, mm. you know, it's just like alternating colors and like the next number down. It's like, once you explain, it's not. It's funny because it's not obvious to a little kid if a jack or a queen or a king, like what the order is or an ace. Right. But, right. Uh, they get it pretty quick, and uh, yeah, it's super fun. Super fun. But still, nice. four hours is like a major. Like four <laughs> hours. I'm trying to think of anything I've done at home that take that. I can't. I can't think of one thing that I do. Not at not home. since you were a kid and playing actual D and D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which would be a whole weekend. Like we'd literally right. sleep over and do like a, a forty-eight hour campaign. Right. But uh, as an adult, no kidding. Oh man. But I can't, as an adult, there's like not a, there's not one thing I do at the house where I'm not like context shifting, like half an hour, like folding laundry. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we we just don't, we don't sit there and do stuff like that, but it's, it is fun when we do, we'll get sucked into the card game puzzles. That's what we'll do. Like around new year's Eve, we've got this tradition of doing puzzles. Mm -hmm. We'll do like a new year's Eve puzzle. And that's, you know, and not everybody's sitting there the whole time, but we'll sort of like all take like come turns. and go. Yeah. yeah. And someone usually someone's always doing it, but we're, uh, you know, Cooper's not the hugest fan of puzzles, but like the, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, mommy, daddy, and Maggie are. So we'll, we'll sort of do that. But other than that, you know, so it's cool to see them and maybe we'll build up the tolerance or become more of a habit where like <laughs> Friday night game night and they're looking forward to it and we like really yeah. sit down and do like a two hour game or, or oh, one of my kid was sneaking off to play board games without us. What? <laughs> but Kira, who is um, not proclaimed to be not super into board games, she's been she's been going off to to play board games without us on Sunday. She has her own, her own gaming group that doesn't include us. I was like, why don't you play with us? She's like, have you ever tried playing games with you people? You take forever. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So like I'm a chip off yeah. I'm a chip off the maternal side of the block where where um my mom's family, like five sisters, deep, deep card game tradition. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll get kicked if you are slow. Like it's like your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. Go. Go. I'm going. I'm going. You're not paying attention or whatever. Like they'll they'll skip your turn. Like if you're up to get like, you know, more box wine, which is the drink of choice with that group. Right, right. <laughs> so it's a hardcore group. So it's like fat you know, it's like keep going, stop talking, you know. But it's super fun. They're all they're all hilarious and very funny. But it's all about the fast pace and it's I've completely yeah. inherited that with the card games with the kids. Like, it's your turn, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> and Erica's like, shut up. No, no. See, we, 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 we play we play the deeper strategy games where it's like, it's my turn. I'm going to think for five you minutes. You got to think, first. right? Yeah, like a yeah. chess match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but she she did find a few games games that she was interested in. We picked up some um, that she wanted to play and has played with us. Um, I, I have a couple of recommendations for you. Oh, good. Um, I... Some of them may not be out yet because a lot of uh, that's one of the advantages of, advantages or, or the perks of of spending way too much money to buy games at the convention is you get them a little early. <laughs> You're um, early adopter. Yeah, you, you don't get them cheaper. <laughs> the first one is uh, from Blue Orange Games. It's called Planet, and you are each player gets a a planet, which is a basically just think of like a giant D twelve mm-hmm. um, with like little metal discs on it. And then you're picking up these magnetic tiles and making a 3D planet. Hmm. And you're creating these different biomes and you're joining tiles together to make you know, make the largest biome or make the most number of distinct different biomes and what have you. And then and then each round you're getting you're attracting animals to like like if your planet has the biome that best meet these certain conditions that this animal needs, then this animal will come to your planet. Hmm. Giant and parrot. You, oh yeah, like pandas and <laughs> pandas and polar bears and foxes. And oh yeah, yeah. This is great imagery for like for the kids. Obviously, it's yeah. Like, and and the artwork is really cool. Um, the the cards have I don't know if they're photos on the cards or if they're just really high end like renders or something. But the animal, you know, it's realistic, photorealistic looking animals, and the on the cards and it's it's really cool. And and they come to your planet and then you score points at the end of the game based on the the biomes you've created and the animals you've attracted to it cool that does sound like that'd be a big win yeah we like it a lot um that was one cure i picked out and it's it's light it takes maybe 20 minutes to play um we did find out we didn't open it until we get got home and we did find out that our copy had some damaged tiles in it um but i i emailed the company and it's like during the convention still and they managed to get back to me the next day and like oh yeah we'll have the have the tiles out to you this week cool so super nice. good customer service for them. Very nice. And that was called Blue Orange? 
Blue Orange is the name of the company, mm-hmm. and Planet is the name of the game. Nice. Check that out. Got another. I think we bought another one that you recommended, but we bought a bunch more timeline sort of expansions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's spru- sparked that game up because you d- tend to go through all the cards the first right, time. Right. Yeah. Just when like, you get a bunch of expansions and put them together, it gets a lot more replayable. So how would you like? I mean. I mean, dear listener, this is like an enormous amount of stuff. Like, were you like, do you have like backpacks and stuff and you're like huffing it back to the room or something or like, uh, um, we paid for a very close parking pass. Uh-huh. Um, and actually the, it, it wasn't like an astronomical amount or anything for a, a downtown Indianapolis parking pass. But, um, right, right next to the convention center, there's a covered underground parking garage and we had a spot in there. Um, because our hotel was out by the airport, you can get hotels connected to the, the convention center but they're super expensive so we just save and you know get a place for 60 bucks a night by the airport and then pay for the good parking downtown and it's it still works out way cheaper and you get more money for games exactly <laughs> yeah if, if we wouldn't be buying that many games if we couldn't find ways to do the rest of the con for super cheap um uh so so yeah you know, we, you know we'd we would make a couple of rounds and, and then take things to the to the van and then come back and and um uh, yeah, most of the most of the booths, they'll they'll give you giant bags to to carry things in. Um, uh, we got the the chip theory games, and then we're like, okay, we have to take these to the van because we just bought thirty pounds of games. <laughs> so did like in the I don't know if you'd be able to tell this, but like, did you get the sense that most people there, not people displaying obviously, but people who are walking around, like, are is it mostly enthusiasts or there are like a significant percentage of people who are designing their own games like you guys um i think it's a i think it's it's a fair number of both but it's i mean it's mostly consumers there's seventy thousand people um and and the the con is not just board games um they have board games they have rpgs they have some video gaming but it's more just like a side thing to do when you want to break from the other stuff Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of anime there's a lot of like there's a film festival that goes on during it um there's some cosplay so i mean it's it's the the appeal is more than just um you know people who play tabletop games that's probably the bulk of it but there's so much other stuff that oh that you could you could come to the convention and have a good time if if board games weren't your thing so but i do think there's a a lot of sort of uh sort of amateur and mom and pop and small like designers there either there to show things off or there to mingle with, with like-minded people or there to, to do things in the playtest hall and, and that sort of stuff. Fun. Yeah, I almost joked earlier that when you said it was 70,000 nerds, I'm like, man, it almost sounds like South by Southwest. <laughs> and and it kind of is, because like, South by has got all these different, all these different, um, couple different tracks, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. I think this year they had over 20,000 different events in the event database. Oof. So don't don't go thinking you're going to do it all because you're not. Yeah, that's like CES for crying out mm-hmm. loud. Yeah, we we picked like like two events a day that we actually scheduled, and then the rest was just just open time because yeah. all of are those like workshops or something or talks? Well, you can go and they have yeah. Some of them are seminars, like for oh, that's another thing they have a they have a writers track that's specifically seminars for for writers who want to write in the fantasy and sci fi genre. Nice. Um. So that's a big thing for them every year, and and that's how I, that's 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 probably what attracted the the attention of James S. A. Corey, and I got the autographs last year. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> uh, but um, uh, what was the question? I forgot the question. I was just I was just observing that it was kind of like South by Southwest. Yeah, more more than I you know I was going to make that joke, but actually it kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> what does Gen stand for? I don't even know what it stands for. Gen. Uh, the convention originally started in Geneva, Switzerland. So it was it was called Gen Con when it was in Geneva, and it's just just kept the name over the years. And they could change it to NerdCon. It sounds like. Yeah, I, mean, it I believe sounds it, like fun. I believe it was started by Gary Gygax. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure it was. That explains a lot. Mm. <laughs> is that how you say yes. his name? I've never heard anyone say it. Yeah. So it's like so it's like a gif gif type of thing. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Jerry Gygax. <laughs> oh, I think perfect. it's I think it's Gygax. Pretty know. sure that's it. Um, some some nerd correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's. Are you? Do you think you're going to go again next year? Is like, is this definitely an annual thing? You just definitely. I don't know if we'll go again next year. I know we'll definitely go again, but I don't know if it'll be next year. Um, yeah, the the kiddo is going to Europe and right. next summer, and we're going to have college tuition to pay and that sort of thing. So I, I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we'll go again at some point. It just might not be next summer. And and we again we've done it two summers in a row. It might be nice to do something else fun next summer that's not seventy thousand people. <laughs> just like maybe maybe go hang out on a beach somewhere while the kids in Europe or something. Right. Cool. Man. Or maybe take a board gaming cruise. Those are things. I believe it. And having been on a couple of cruises for work, I was like I, I was one hundred percent sure that I was not a cruise person and that I was going to uh I was going to find it distasteful, but that was not my experience mm-hmm. at all. Mm. It's super weird. Like a cruise is a very weird situation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's um, you're trapped in a way that is kind of good <laughs> if you you know if you want to catch up on your reading or it's it it's a forced relaxation, mm-hmm. which I kind of dug. I'm not a big sun and fun type of person at all. I'd much rather right. much rather much more vampire-y than that. But yeah, same. Yeah, but um, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with uh, you know, shady hammock in the middle of the Caribbean, <laughs> you know, on a, <laughs> yeah. on a deck somewhere with like yeah. sippy drinks and a Kindle. Umbrella drinks and hammocks in nice weather. It's, it's hard to argue with. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yep. Cool. That sounds like fun. Cool. Um, well, I went away too. Yes. You, you had band camp. I had band camp. Yes. Specifically guitar camp. In fact, mm. specifically shredder camp. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, it's so wild. Um, uh, geeky dear listeners, which are probably everyone, might know someone named Steve Vai, who is a, a pretty famous heavy metal sideman and uh, solo artist in the 80s. Played with like White Snake and David Lee Roth and Frank Zappa and Alcatraz and a bunch of other sort of um, virtuosic rock music in the 80s and uh, was a big hero of mine at, mm-hmm. at, at the time when I was uh, trying to become a guitar hero. And, uh, yeah, so for my 50th birthday, one of my friends was, well, my 50th birthday was coming last December and a bunch of people were like, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for your birthday? (laughs) And I was like, I can't, I can't think of anything. Yeah. And at right around the same time, a fellow Berkeley alum and friend of mine sent me a link. He's like, dude, check this out. Steve Vai's having a, like a, a conference in Long Island, New York, which is not that far from me. 
And I was like, oh, that would be a great thing to tell people. Like, oh, just chip in for this thing. and <clears throat> the tickets, yeah. Yeah, it'll be like a kind of like a bucket list thing, right? You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I went. <laughs> and <laughs> it was super weird, but mm-hmm. I had a good time. And it was weird in the sense that it was like, not a, not a, I've never been to a Comic-Con. I plan to soon, but I imagine it's a similar kind of like it's surreal in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Where you go to this, you know, it was in Long Island. It was in this mansion um, called the, the uh, what was it? The mansion at Glen Cove. And it was, you know, very old, you know, giant house that has had a lot of character. Let's leave it at that. And, uh, uh, and there's all these, you know, there's two or 300 campers, they called us, that were walking around with like, not just with their guitars, but like with them on, like they were ready, <laughs> ready to play at any moment. Like a moment's notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like plug in anywhere. And they're all like, you know, twiddling away, practicing scales and like getting, you know, practicing riffs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And during the day, it was kind of like a conference where there'd be workshops and, you know, sort of famous people who, you know, not famous, famous, but, you know, famous people to us yeah. would give these sort of presentations about like, oh, you know, how to set up your pedal board or like how to get a great tone or how to, you know, modal soloing and, you know, all these different. Oh, like, yeah, because you, you said you were going to this and I'm like, conference? What? Yeah. What, what is there to confer about right this is this is not a thing i'm at all familiar with so right it was so it was a little bit like a, it, during the day it was like a conference there's a teeny little trade show aspect to it be, not really but there was like a store that sam ash which is a big music retailer set mm-hmm. up so you could buy stuff like picks and strings and like if you wanted to buy a, a guitar you could buy a guitar yeah um so it was like a conference during the day with these workshops and, you know, all the food was included, it was like breakfast and lunch and dinner. And, and then after dinner, the, the instructors, let's call them, who are all fairly, again, fairly famous to this group, the instructors would have like, uh, they, there'd be some kind of show. So like after dinner, there'd be like a performance. And I think every night Steve Vai, who's definitely the star of the operation, um, mm-hmm. he, would play for an hour with his band and and usually jam with one of the other instructors. Okay. And, and also Joe Satriani is another very famous guitarist to guitar players. Uh, he came for one night and he played. And so you, so every, so for like, you know, it was four days long, four nights. I, I bailed out on the last day cause uh, it was, it was enough. <laughs> Three days was enough. But I went yeah, to kinda like, like kind of like we did with Gen Con. It's like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> right. I need to get back to my normal old person life. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was like three nights in a row. You, you're going to like this like rock show, which, mm-hmm. you know, when was the last in this in the last month? I've gone to like 10 rock shows, which is weird because that's, <laughs> that's more than like the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Like combined. Right. <laughs> right. So so we go to those. And then after that from you know that would go from like eight to nine and then from nine until he was done steve Vai, famous rock guitarist rock god star would jam with everybody in the crowd like you just hang out and have a big jam session yeah so it turned into like an open jam at night so of the you know so maybe 50 or 60 people a night you got you got your night assigned to you mine was wednesday night and you would line up on either side of the stage and there'd be like 60 people, you know, 30 on right. stage left, 30 on stage right. And they'd come up one by one, alternating sides, and they'd play like one song with like this rock star. It was like... Was that it, as intimidating as it sounds? 
it would have been if if they were not so cool like to me the, the big takeaway for me was just like how incredibly generous and talented this group of people was steve i included mm-hmm. of course but like all of the people were like so non-judgmental and not just just completely humble and super helpful there were a bunch of kids there a bunch of like you know anywhere from 10 to 17 year old um you know little shredders that that's cool it was so cool and you know and they're not some of them were actually really good uh Mm -hmm. others were still really new still learning yeah and they were you can imagine the tunnel version and the panic and you know some of them were just like where am i what's happening and they freeze up and the but you know and there's like I mean, there's like a full on rock band at full volume that they're on stage with. And, uh, and you know, Steve, I would just get right down and be like, no, no, it's okay. You know, just like, just like, just play on this one string and go like, go like this. Yep. Go great. Yeah. Yeah. See, it sounds good. You know, it was so amazing. And, you know, just clear, it was clear that it wasn't in their marketing materials or anything, but it was clear from watching them that like the mission of it was to just spread the, spread the love of this kind of weird kind of music. And That's really cool. Yeah, it was so cool. That was my favorite part of it. Uh, but yeah, I you know I went on stage, jammed with Steve Vai. He like totally locked nice. in, and we like played for you know three or four minutes. But there are pictures. Yeah, there's a video. There's a picture and a video on Instagram. If nice. people want to go to Jonathan Stark on Instagram, there's a hilarious video. Um, but yeah, so like so bucket list item checked off. But the other thing was like you know you're only going to do that one night and you mostly spent the whole time standing in line. So right. the rest of the nights there were just open, like open mics all over the hotel. Mm-hmm. So you'd go and into people these, would just go. Yeah. Yeah. And so like one of the other famous guitar players would kind of run the, there'd be one that would kind of be the, the stable core of the band. Mm-hmm. There'd be a little band and you'd go up and same kind of thing where you'd go up and you'd, you know, you and maybe, maybe one other person at the same time. And you'd all sit in with this other, you know, this amazing like next level guitar player and a drummer and a bass player, maybe keyboard player, and uh, just hang out and jam. And and I mean, it was so funny. You know, that used to be my life. You know, for ten or fifteen years, it was like doing yeah. the doing the I'm going to be a rock star thing. And <laughs> so to go, you know, and to like again, it's like, I haven't, I barely touched the guitar these days. So to go and like have this giant, like jump back into the deep end of the pool where I used to live mm-hmm. was so weird. Does it make you want to get back into it? Uh, no. And it, <laughs> and so it was complicated emotionally because, I, and I, I, the way I was describing it to like Erica was like, it was like running into your high school sweetheart 30 years later where you're like, Oh yeah, I remember, you know, there's a lot of history here and and there are some nice memories, but the flame is definitely gone. Yeah. And that was, that was, that was a big part of my life. And I I learned and and grew as a person and and now it's over. And now it's over. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, but I do feel, I feel it's almost like, I feel like I could go back just to hang out because I don't care about, I mean, playing's fun. Don't get me wrong, but is that, it's not really, but the dream of like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna be a music, professional musician. I just, right. I just, it was a bad idea. Like looking back on it, I'm like, what were you thinking? And I, I got yeah. a lot out of it. And but, but the the dream is gone, and now it's a fun hobby. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. to go there, and, and, and there's something a little bit there were, and there were a lot of people like me too. I would say 25 percent of the crowd was like gray hair, um, right? You know, four thousand dollar guitar that they that they 
pulled out once. This is the first time they touched it this year and, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but there were a lot of people for whom the dream was alive and well, and it felt kind of, I felt kind of bad not being in the same headspace as they were and being there, you know, like you could see there were people there that were like, that are, you know, maybe not even spring chickens, but they're still playing. Like that's their mm-hmm. gig. Like they play in like cover bands and wedding bands and, and like, and, like and in they, bars and yeah. Yeah. And they're monster players. Like they're really, really good. They play probably multiple nights per week maybe twice on the weekend and they're monster players that no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And, um, you could see this was like a huge moment for that. It didn't feel like a huge moment for me. So it kind of felt like I kind it was of more feel, of a nostalgia moment for you. Yeah. For me, it was a nostalgia moment. I felt like an interloper a lot of time, a lot of the time, mm-hmm. you know, like I was kind of flying the wall and sort of spying. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very complicated, um, but it was really fun. And the, the inspirational aspects of it were, fabulous and wonderful. I'm glad I went and it was a super fun thing to do. I think once is probably enough, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was really, it, it, and I will say that I have been picking up the guitar more after it. We'll see if that wears off or not, but, um, was well, that something Cooper has any interest in a little bit? It's hard to tell. He, he likes, he likes playing with the guitar. So like okay. he likes to plug it in and make pick slides and make it make noises yeah. and stuff. Like like kid level playing still. He's not right. he hasn't decided. He's he's a kid playing with it. He hasn't decided he wants to learn it yet. Correct. Yeah. And he's got a lot of interest in music, but it's much more oriented around things like garage band mm-hmm. where he wants to make a soundtrack for an animation that he's creating and he's not super yeah. like the idea of like of mastering an instrument would doesn't appeal to him as much as mastering the software he's yes it's he's more about the final sound than about Mm -hmm. saying he can play guitar if if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like he's like i don't care how i make the sound i just want the sound just want to make it yeah yeah i don't care if it's a loop or something i found online i I don't care i just want i hear the sound i want to make the sound because that's the sound that needs to be in this movie that i'm making i i have a kid counting the days until she can play the marimba again (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, percussion is so much fun. Yeah. That gets under your skin. You want to do it. Yeah. Playing guitar for me, it's like, I mean, I mean, come on. I've been playing guitar since I was 16. I'm like playing the same five riffs, you know, it's like. Right. <laughs> and I went to music school and did all that stuff, but it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Um, but it was, it was a wild experience. But if anybody wants to, you know, see yours truly jamming with Steve Vai on stage for, for well, Instagram's only, <laughs> it's only one minute. They'll only let you upload a minute long video, but you can check that yeah. out there. Yeah. I saw the pictures, but I didn't realize there was a video. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I did not embarrass myself at least in that one minute highlight, oh, which was was very nice. Yeah, <laughs> but I got to. I mean, but the and just I I can't say enough about what how, what pros this band was. Like they played from they all day they were doing workshops, and then they played from eight o'clock. I think I went on stage at one thirty in the morning. Oh wow! They they played for hours with hundreds of people for four nights straight like and at least pretended like they enjoyed it the entire time (laughs) if they were pretending they did a great job they had to be i mean there's no way there's so many they were probably exhausted just just crushed but then they'd get during the day they'd be walking around they'd stop and take selfies with people and sign stuff and they were super accessible it was like you just my hats off to to that whole group of people for being so cool and um nurturing is really the word it was really great there was no attitude whatsoever no detectable mm-hmm. attitude not even like you know somebody be honking on this note and they were just really really new player and <laughs> just stinking it up yeah and not 
one person in that band made a face or laughed or um, nothing. Like berated them for it. Yeah. Nothing. They were just yeah. like total pros the whole time. That's cool. Yeah, it was great. Because you can imagine, I could imagine if I was a little kid and I like, you know, if I was 16 and I went up there and I like played one, you know, I one bad bend and I would have been crushed. Like, yeah, like, oh, this experience that I've been telling all my friends about and looking forward to. And like, you know, this like is my all big your dreams, chance. like your soul crushing yes. moment where all your dreams just like shatter in front of right. you on stage with these people you've idolized and steve i laughed at me right you yeah. know right and and nah he, he it was almost like they were totally they were 100 percent conscious of that risk it was almost like they talked about it and mm-hmm. were like 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 do we can't, not crush we can't. anyone's dreams yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was great i was blown away that's really it was, cool it was very cool all right I haven't even been looking at the clock. We've just been catching up. It's been so I know. long. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we should probably let the dear listener get on to their next thing. <laughs> Sorry, dear listener. Um, what's our plan? I think we have uh, our plan of attack. Maybe maybe, the, maybe this is this is episode 12, I think. So maybe where we're going to make this the final. That's what it was. Very good. Well, dear listener, we'll see you on September, what did we say? 20th. 20th. And we'll be back with, maybe, maybe will there be an Expanse novel out that we can talk about? There might be a novella, but I don't think the final novel is coming out until spring. Mm. When's the next Star Wars come out? Uh, the next Star Wars, um, Christmas. Oh, I had Expanse things to say. Oh, okay. Um, season four is going to be available on Amazon on December 13th. Rad. The show has already been renewed for season five. Ugh. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. Speaking of the show on Amazon, uh, Amazon has apparently recently re-rendered it from the masters and they've done some kind of Dolby color correction stuff and the color grading is so much better. Huh. So if you haven't watched it yet or if you're in the mood for a rewatch, you're it, uh, you're in for a treat. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, man. That's so great. And Well, yeah. Love it. Glad to hear that. It's such a great group. It's such a good mm-hmm. show. Doing it, yeah. I just I love I love casting the cast interviews and stuff. There was some coming out of San Diego Comic Con, and um, they're just it's just such a fun group of people, Mm -hmm. and you can tell they just love the show. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Well, that's good news. So we have we won't have that to talk about. That won't be out in time, but we'll definitely be talking about that at some point. Mm -hmm. So it remains to be seen. The cliffhanger is what will be was season ten. Is that what we're up to? I think yeah. Yeah, this is this is nine, isn't it? Crazy. Uh, and maybe by then we'll have the website at URL fixed. <laughs> I think if you go to show dot, it works. If you go to show dot, it works, but the root domain still doesn't. So yeah, I probably... you just set up you should just set up a redirect with with hover or something to redirect to show. Yeah. Since since Simplecast is not being simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a difficult cast. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Yes, that's how we'll spend our copious free time in the interim. Yes. Yes, DNS records. <laughs> We're looking forward to be backing in your ears on September 20th, 2019. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next time for Terrifying Robot Talk. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>